Coming up on Chasing the Natty, it's CFF Dynasty startup season, and we're going to break down a recent startup draft from the Burning the Redshirt podcast crew to give you an idea of what to expect. We'll be covering what we expected, what surprised us, how we built our roster so far, and what we think we could have done better. To help us all with this, we have the host of the Burning the Redshirt podcast and contributor to CFBDynasty.com, Zachary Tao, joining us. All this and more coming right after this. Looking to Jared Stearns, who makes the catch and scores. What a burst! Trey Vaughn Anderson! As advertised, touchdown Buckeyes! This is Chasing the Natty, a college fantasy football podcast. All right, welcome in everybody. This is Jared Palmgren, host of the Chase and Natty podcast. Hope you guys are having a wonderful drive on your way. Actually, no, you guys won't be on your way to work, uh, at least some of you, because it is, uh, I believe a lot of places are getting off of work for Juneteenth uh, this year because it's on a Sunday, so a lot of places are giving it off for Monday. So for those of you who are listening, happy Juneteenth and happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there as well as we're recording this. Uh, Specifically for our guest today, Mr. Zachary Tao. Zachary, how are you doing today, sir? Man, I'm doing all right. Just uh, getting this draft. The mode of the draft is is pretty taxing, really. Oh yeah. No, again, we got a we got a great show ahead of you for you guys today. Uh, we're going to be discussing a CFB or a CFF Dynasty startup draft. We've kind of discussed supplemental before. We've discussed freshman before. But here we're kind of putting it all together and a lot of you are wanting to get into CFF Dynasty this year and you're saying, I have no clue where really to start. Well, this is the place for it. We're <laughs> going to break down one of these startup mocks for you guys, talk about what we think you could expect going forward, what would kind of surprise us, even, uh, even those who have uh, done these uh, drafts before. But even still, that's pretty much going to cover most of the uh, draft today or the draft good lord jared uh it's gonna cover most of the show today it's gonna be a pretty laid back show um we're just gonna kind of look through this draft point out some things that we find interesting all that good jazz but before we get too far into this first of all zach why don't you tell the people out there what it is exactly that you are working on is it um what shows you do uh what kind of content you produce all that good jazz um, yeah, I'm the host of the Burning the Red Shirt podcast. If you guys haven't listened to it, go um, on YouTube and search Burning the Red Shirt. Um, we post all of our podcasts in video form there. And we also have our audio on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and whatever really you use for your podcasts. But um, I used to be into the content, like the actual written content game. I actually used to run CFF News, if any of you guys are um, aware or followed it and and visited that site years ago um just life kind of got in the way and i had to kind of let that go so i'm back doing um, podcasts and just kind of getting my uh, feet wet again with cff stuff so yeah if y'all haven't checked out burning the redshirt podcast so far it is a wonderful laid back uh just it i i describe it as like i feel like i just walked into a living room i kicked back and I'm listening to three of my buddies talk about college football. 
It's a great vibe. I love joining them live when they do their shows live on YouTube. And I'll just sit there in, in the comment section. I'm usually the only person, but if y'all ever want to come join me and comment with me, it's a pretty great time. We've had the other two uh, the other two hosts on this pod before. You guys remember Andrew Katz and Chris K, both very smart dudes. Again, between between Zach, between Andrew, between Chris, three very smart dudes just kicking back and discussing CFB. I'll say this. Um, as of right now, like I'm really just the host. I'm really the guy who organized the whole podcast. Chris and Andrew, they're the talent right now because I, I've kind of stepped away from like really diving into uh, CFF. And I'm trying to get back into it where I was because I was I was just like you, Jared. Like I was like living, breathing, doing everything college football. And the last couple of years, I've kind of stepped away. I've I've been involved in it, but I haven't really been diving into the North Texas depth charts, if you yeah. know what I mean, like stuff like that. So um, I'm kind of getting back into letting Chris and Andrew kind of pick up where I've left off, but. We're making it work. So hey, again, you guys have been doing a great job so far, and you guys are growing pretty quickly. Um, at least yeah. like where uh, Chasing the Natty was around the same time as where you guys are at. So congratulations to y'all. Thank you, thank you. So uh, again, before we really dive into this draft, you guys know my spiel. So let's go ahead and get onto the spiel. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, all that good jazz. Especially comment that down there below. Let me know. We're going to have plenty of thoughts on this draft here today, but you guys let me know what your overall thoughts are. Again, we're going to dive into our teams later. I'm going to admit I think I made some mistakes in my draft, so tell me all the mistakes I don't talk about later on. I'm totally cool with that, guys. Um, and I'm sure Zach is going to have plenty of stories uh, regarding <laughs> how he, he, Chris, and Andrew share one team in this league. Um, but even still, if you're also listening to this on a podcast, make sure you're following us wherever you are listening, whether that be Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And if you can leave a five-star review, please go ahead and do that. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and leave a written one as well. Again, I really love reading those uh, written five-star reviews for you, from you guys. Warms my heart a little bit, just a little bit. Even if it's just a, hey, these, these guys do a good job. You don't have to write anything super fancy or anything. I enjoy them all the same. And then um yeah cover youtube cover podcast um in addition the chasing natty podcast is part of the the campus of kenton podcast family and we are the cff team at campus again it is myself nate marquise brandon sanders and chris moxley we bring you all sorts of content there we got podcasts including chasing the natty and we have our di more dynasty focused podcast which is the uh, future freshman pod we release that on fridays uh, Nate Marquise uh, does articles for us all the time. He does incredible stuff. We have CFF rankings that is between me, myself, and, or good Lord, me, myself, Jared, come on. Just <laughs> losing it tonight. It is between me, Nate, and Chris. We all combine our rankings onto the C2C website, and you can see them all there. We have CFF ADP that we've done a pretty good job of making sure that it's up to date and, um, up to date month to month for you guys so absolutely go check that out oh as well the draft predictor tool if you have not been using that yet and you are a member of the campus of canton website absolutely incredible tool adp is great it gives you a rough idea of where a player goes but man some of those players are just wild in terms of where they could possibly go some players it's like one draft they're going to the third round one draft they're going to the sixth round the draft predictor tool is going to give you a better idea of when exactly a player's probability of coming off the board uh, starts going up. So absolutely check out that tool. 
And then I mentioned all the other podcasts that C2C provides on Mondays. You have us, Chase and Natty, with whoever I happen to bring on. This week, it is Mr. Zachary Tao. On Tuesdays, you have Campus Life with Austin Nace and Colin Decker. That is the college side of the Campus of Canton flagship podcast. On Wednesdays, you have Debbie Debate live streamed on YouTube with Felix Sharp, Matt Bruning, Austin Nace, and Chris Moxley, where you can go and watch them yell at each other for an hour and a half. It's great. Um, on Thursdays, you have the Canton Bound podcast with Austin Nace and Colin Decker. That is the NFL side of the Campus of Canton flagship podcast. Also, check out the official on YouTube with Matt uh, Alfred Fernandez. He's been doing an incredible job of interviewing a ton of players and position coaches from around the country. So absolutely go check those out if you want a little bit of an insider look on how recruiting and just college football in general is going. And then on Fridays, I mentioned it earlier, the Future Freshman podcast with Brandon Sanders. He's been doing an absolutely fantastic job with that show. And he brings on a different person every single week. And they talk about usually about three or four freshmen every single week. And you get a pretty good idea of which ones are going to produce for you immediately in a CFF Dynasty perspective and which ones you might have to wait a little bit on. We will definitely see. So there goes my spiel. We're nine minutes into this thing. Let's go ahead and get (laughs) into the draft. So I got the draft up on the screen. Uh, unfortunately, there was no way in possible hell that I could get all of these picks onto the screen at once. So right. we're just gonna have to we're gonna have to move it around here today. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it kind of move it around for yeah. us. But we're just sixteen gonna, teams. Sixteen teams. Um, yeah. Zach, why don't you go ahead and give me some of the other rules of this league so people have a better <clears throat> idea of what it is we're kind of arguing here today? Okay, so we actually um, I came up with an idea of starting a, a dynasty league with um, the BTR team. And I did it all on our discord, but I left the league settings kind of up to everybody, put everything to a vote, you know, how many quarterbacks we want, running backs, you know, scoring, all that kind of stuff. And we ended up with 16 team dynasty. We start two quarterbacks. We start three running backs, four receivers, two tight ends start which I thought was insane. But yeah, I would say what I'm we cool learned is that the BTR fan base so far is a bunch of masochists. <laughs> right. So I was cool with it. Like I left it to a vote and that's what we got. And then I think we two flex and 45 players total. Yes. So to do a 45 player draft, I thought, okay, I, I could do a slow draft, but this might take three months. Mm-hmm. to do a 45 round slow draft. So what I did, and I don't remember who it was in the discord called it like the Arnold Palmer of drafts. Like we do like a half, that. we did a 20 round live draft last night. It took what? Two hours roughly. Yeah. About two, two and a half hours. Yeah. And uh, we'll do the other 25 rounds as a slow draft, which we're currently in yes. as we speak. Um, so it, it knocked out like a big chunk of the draft and a lot of your big names are already taken. Yeah. So it kind of all the, the guesswork um, isn't really there in those first, at least the first 10 rounds. I say you pretty much know who's going to go. And then now with these last 25, you have a little more time to research and see if somebody takes the guy you were lining up to take, then you have a little bit of time to kind of figure out where you're going to go. But, Oh, we had like a one minute time or two. That was, Oh yeah. It was was like rapid fire. So um, you better had a good cue ready to go. Yeah, I, I honestly love one-minute drafts. Again, we're, we're going to be doing a uh, live draft. Uh, if you're listening to this, it'll be tonight. But for while we're recording this, it'll be tomorrow night. Uh, we <laughs> will have a one-minute timer uh, just to keep things moving along. Right. And it, it should be an absolute blast. Um, 
So we'll go ahead and kind of talk about overall thoughts on this draft, kind of going here first. We'll get we'll dive into like the picks and everything, things that mm-hmm. um, surprised us and stuff like that. But what are your kind of overall thoughts on this draft, Zach? Like, what surprised you? What kind of met your expectations? Well, as you said earlier, Chris, Andrew, and I all share this team. And I'll say I've never done a draft sharing a team before. Um, I've always I've actually pitched it to these guys. And they're like, no, no, I don't want to do that. Don't do that. Well, we finally did it. And we had to kind of all get on the same page of where we were going to go in the first round. And um, we'll get to that in a minute. But as far as the draft went, like none of the names really shocked me. Like all the names that were in the first two, three rounds are kind of the names you kind of expect. Yeah. Um, The 16 teams kind of makes it a little bit um, different. Like guys that were going in the second might slide into the first or, you know. Um, But I, I was curious to see how the tight ends would play out since we start two, Yeah. And I was thinking like, I'm not going to lie to you. I thought you were going to take Bowers at three. In round three? No, first round. First, first overall, like first round, third pick. Oh, no, no, no. Well, th- the reason we thought that was like, okay, if he gets the best tight end off the board, then, because um, we considered him at eight. And the only reason, honestly, we didn't take him was because Worthy was a top five pick for us that mm. fell to eight and we had to take him. Yeah. Um, and Chris was like, he's like, well, we might be able to get him on the, on the, in the second round. And I'm like, man, there's no way he's going to fall to us in the second round. And lo and behold, he did. So we're really happy with our first two picks. Yeah. I made a, I made a huge mistake. We'll talk about this later when we talk about more of our like teams and everything like that. I forgot that we were doing two tight ends. So <laughs> I was kind of okay with myself at first of maybe missing out on the top guys. But and I had my chance to take one of the top guys and I absolutely blew mm-hmm. it. Um, but again, I mentioned on the last week's pod and everything where, again, for me, it's all about getting one of the top four guys. Again, we'll get into it in a second. I missed out mm-hmm. on them here. But even so, I wanted one of the top four guys. Um, and so, like, I'm probably not going to take the first tight end off the board. I will just sit back and wait, see yeah. where everybody else starts taking them, and then I'll make my move. Um, mm-hmm. Things that surprised me, it was... You, you're right that, like, the group, that first, like, six, seven rounds, you know who's going to come off the board, mm-hmm. but you have no idea in what order. Right. It, it, something else that... I'm sorry to cut you off, but, like, something we talked about we've never drafted with this group of guys before. Yes. So, you know, with all these mocks and best balls, it's the same, you know, 15 to 20 people that kind of rotate through all of those. So you kind of know who likes who, who's going to take who, where. And this one, there's maybe three or four guys that we've drafted with before. Yeah. So we didn't really know where people's priorities were. So it was kind of interesting to see how all that kind of, Combine that with the one minute timer and everything, it really <laughs> did just kind of put us on the fly of like, we had no idea what to expect. It could be that guys that we thought we were going to be able to get in the sixth round suddenly went in the fourth, third round. Um, I took the first true freshman off the board in Nicholas Singleton in the third round. I'll ask you, Zach, did you expect Nicholas Singleton to go off that early? Did you expect him to go off earlier? What were you kind of thinking with some of these um, freshmen? Well, Singleton, it's funny because we were coming up 
in a few picks after you picked him. And it was right before you picked him. I think, as a matter of fact, Sal had just taken Millen. Yes. There right before you. And I, I was on there on our um, recording with, with Chris. And I said, what do you think about Singleton here? And he's like, well, it is before he could get his thought out. Well, don't worry about it. Jared already took him. <laughs> I said, I okay, really can't well, wait to listen to this pod. <laughs> um, so it, we were considering him there. So I, it wasn't crazy to think he goes there. Um, it, it's funny in Dynasty, like especially a startup, like what people's mindset is. Mm-hmm. If you're going to try to win the league now, go get all your stars, all your, your seniors, upperclassmen, and try to win now and just find the pieces that kind of fill your team, like your future later. Or do you kind of try to go young with a mixture of talent? Like, I say talent, but um, production now. So yeah. that's it's a tough thing because some people, I've done dynasty drafts where people go like super young all their picks. Yeah. And like, okay, are you trying? You're not winning this year. Clearly, yeah. you're not winning this it, year. So it is. It is very tempting to go young as much mm-hmm. as possible in these leagues. And I do tell people, I'm like, hey, you can go young, but you need to solidify at least your mm-hmm. starting lineup very right. like early on. I took Nicholas Singleton in the third round mostly because I do think that by season's end he'll be the starter for Penn State and we'll right. have a productive back there. But even still, that forced me later on. It, when other people started taking younger guys, you had to me, go older. Yeah. I had to go a little older, and yeah. it, I didn't quite get as valuable picks in the older guys. I think I still did pretty well with some of my guys, but even still, right? Uh, we'll we'll get into that a little bit. One other thing that I really want to point out to people, and it's almost I'm almost annoyed when people don't do this because to me it just makes it harder on everybody else as well. You make it hard on yourself and everybody else, guys. Handcuff. Handcuff in Dynasty, <laughs> you have big enough rosters. If you draft who you think is going to be the next Ohio State quarterback, draft the other guy too, especially if he's available there in a couple of rounds. Like if you've had, like if you, again, like Devin Brown went off in the eighth round here in this draft. And mm. this person was on the turn who took him. And I was shocked when the next pick wasn't Kyle or Kyle McCord. Because I think there's an equal shot between Kyle McCord and Devin Brown winning that job next year. And Kyle McCord, I ended up picking him up because he was still available in the 18th round. And I'm like, you know what? I'll just take my shot at this point. But I would much rather have a handcuff between both of those guys. My fifth and sixth round pick was locking down the Texas Tech quarterback room for years to come. I got Tyler Shuck and Baron Morton right there next to each other. Which, by the way, we talked about it. We were like, that seems a little early to do that. But I don't. We don't disagree with your your strategy. Like you obviously feel confident in that system. So yeah. why not? Why not go all in and and make sure you get the guy? Yeah. Um, but and most of the time I agree with you about handcuffing. I just feel like sometimes if if the consensus is a certain guy is going to win the job, and the other guy, if, you may not want to take the ne- that guy the next round. Like you might wait a couple rounds because I feel like if you do it early, there's so much talent that you need to get now. Mm-hmm. I, I guess it's just the way there's different philosophies. Um, don't disagree with handcuffing. I just think that early on you try to stockpile the talent that's going to play now for sure. 
No, I, and again, I don't disagree with that either. Again, this is, this is kind of the fun part about CFF Dynasty is that there's not this consensus on exactly mm. what you are supposed to do. We're all still, in a way, still trying to figure it out because there isn't a ton of content like this out there about right. we're not putting out mock drafts of CFF Dynasty every other week yeah. because, quite frankly, I don't think a lot of people have time to really think about that over a redraft because redraft's more popular or keeper's so, more popular or best ball's more popular. So what's funny is it gets back to one of your picks, your second round pick. We actually, Marvin Harrison is who you took yes. in the second round. We had him lined up as eighth on our board. Oh, he was, he was a first round pick for me as well. Like he was I was thinking about him. He was eighth on our board. So if everything went as planned, we would have had him at eight. Well, then you saw um, Stroud jumped in front of him. Tucker went up. We didn't have Lou Nichols where you took him, but he was, I think, ninth or tenth, like right there. Yeah. Um, so Worthy, I think, was a top five pick for us. So we, all right, we're going to grab Worthy. And Bowers was the top ten pick for us. And I said, well, we got to start two tight ends. So we took Bowers. And it was between Bowers and Harrison. Those were the two guys we debated in the second round for sure. Oh, yeah, no, um, I was talking to Justice as well. He ended up taking Miles Price, and he said that it was between Price and Harrison for him. I was mm. very much shocked when Harrison made it back to me in the second round because yeah. I would have I bet good money on him going off in the first round because you're locking down one of the top two wide receivers for Ohio State at least for the next two years because yeah. he's not draft eligible this year. Right, And so it honestly made me feel a little bit better about my first round pick. I ended up taking Lou Nichols at the 1-3. And there's a massive risk that Lou Nichols could go to the draft after this year. But again, that volume is going to be so perfect yeah. for Lou Nichols this year. Um, and then if he does come back for another year, oh boy, yeah. that's going to be fun for me. It's it's going to be like, I'll, I'll just reference our my other dynasty league that Chris and Andrew are both in also. Um, a couple years, a few years ago, I grabbed uh, in a trade, I got Najee Harris. Mm-hmm. Well, he was going into his junior year, whatever, and I gave up some senior talent, whatever. And they said, oh, he's only going to have one year left. And I said, yeah, maybe, but he's going to be a Heisman contender. So he will. Then, he, then he came back. And it was like, oh, yes. yes. <laughs> Dude, so, that's the best feeling in the world, I feel like. Like, I took that gamble. Like, I didn't expect him to come back, but that's – if they have the eligibility, there's always the chance that oh, they yeah. can come back. Um, and in today's college football, it's tough too because these guys get this, 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 I guess, sniff of the NFL, and they're like, "Man, I'm gonna go." And then you, they should have probably stayed in college. I wonder how much NIL is going to change that. I think it will a little bit, especially for the, um, maybe not like your Alabamas and your yeah. Georgias, but like your. Your smaller schools, smaller schools. I'm talking more like the power fives that are smaller, in, yeah. if you will, smaller football programs, the guys that are like, yeah, I'm probably good enough, but another year would probably do me a lot of good. I'm making some money here locally in town, you know, doing Vaughn comes to mind. Yeah. That's a perfect, perfect example. Like he's not going to go to the NFL. He's five foot six, 112 pounds. soaking wet. It feels like, like it, it's funny. Darren Sproles is like the, the comp for him. Right. Yeah. But because he went to Kansas State too, and it's the same body, same build, and everything. So, I mean, why would he? If if they're paying him at Kansas State to stay there, yeah, well, stay there, and you're probably not going to get as good of a deal in the NFL because you'll like, probably be an undrafted free agent. I don't know how it all works, but you know, they get these draft grades, they submit their name, and they get come back with whatever kind of range they're expected to go. No, like yeah. 
they, they say, I think Saban says like, if you're not like a first like three round pick that you need to come back. No, I mean that that's pretty much how Georgia is as well. Yeah. I'm sure I'm assuming like all the big, big time schools the same way. Um, if you're not a top three round projected pick, you probably should go back to school. Um, and with NIL, I think that really just makes it easier. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how the next two, three years play out and we'll kind of know by then how it's really affecting it. But So we've talked about quite a few of the guys who have went off in the first two rounds here. I think we'll go ahead and move on to the round three. I'm mm-hmm. going to kind of scroll through it um, slowly here. I'll run off the names real quick, and then you give me like one or two guys that you want to talk about here. So Donovan Edwards, Clay Millen, Nicholas Singleton, Ben Watson, Anthony Richardson, Luther Burden, Josh Downs, Nathaniel Dell, Brennan Armstrong, Dylan Gabriel, Cameron Board, Malachi Corley, Quentin Johnson, Jalen Cropper, Dante Cephas, and Dontavian Wicks all went off in the third round. I'm also going to go through the fourth round here just a little bit, just to give you guys an idea of like who's going off in these ranges. Blake Corum goes off 4-1, Michael Myers 4-2, Rakeem Jarrett, Marvin Mims, Dejon Stripling, Nathaniel Pete, uh, Rashi Ali, oh my god, Rashi Rice, Jesus Jared, I'm losing it tonight, um, Keishon Butte, Colin Schley, Parker Washington, Jackson Dart, Trayvon Rudolph, Titus Wynn, Zachary Franklin, Michael Trigg, and Kamar Wheaton. Who are some names that kind of stick out to you there in the third, fourth round range? Um, I thought there was a couple in the third round that I was shocked to see um, at that point. Like Blake Watson seemed kind of high. I think that was an auto. I think that was an auto error. Um, We were considering Donovan Edwards coming up um, for our third round pick. So I think him going off the board kind of had us scrambling a little bit. If he, I'm telling you right now, if he was there at 3-3, I would probably taken him over Nicholas Singleton. Well, we were were scrambling because we – at that point said, okay, there's not a running back that we love. Let's switch to wide receiver. Well, we, it was downs. You had Dell, um, Johnston was there and we didn't love all of them because not that Dell's not good. It was kind of the, had we get one year out of him? Yeah. Is that, I mean, you know, that's kind of what we were weighing up. So you got to look at the draft a little differently than just saying, okay, he's just going to be good this year and be done. Like we wanted to factor in, Okay, if we can get a guy that's got two two years for sure, we'll get him. Yes. Um, so, and the COVID year makes everything tough because you really don't know exactly how much eligibility these guys have. Like, oh yeah, it's like three years. Oh, you know, he has four years, or it's just up in the air. But, it doesn't help that a lot of schools don't don't hardly uh, mention whether a player has been redshirted or not as well. Right um, now, another one that I thought was interesting that he went Anthony Richardson. Mm-hmm. Um, I think his talent's clearly there. I don't think you can dispute that there's potentially a great player there, but I thought at that point, there's so many other quarterbacks you could go that that's why. And we actually waited on quarterback. Um, so maybe that's just our strategy. I'm going to, I'm going to make you happy here. Cause I think that Colin Schley at four, nine was probably the best pick in this range. Because he's got okay. three years of eligibility. Right. That was exactly what we... And he is not said. going to the NFL. And he that... is in a kick-ass offense at Kent yeah. State. And you're going you're gonna to have a, a top 20 quarterback for base floor for three years. Right there. So that's exactly the conversation that Chris and I had last night. When we post that pod, it'll probably be tomorrow or Tuesday. Um 
that we'll post that as the first, you know, 20 rounds of the draft. But yeah. um, we, that was exactly what we discussed. Like Schley, Andrew loves Schley. So it was, he was the top of our board anyway. Yes. And um, the three years makes it, makes it like a no brainer. Um, we waited on quarterback pretty much after that, but as far as other picks in these rounds, I thought Stribling, everybody likes Stribling. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like you could go in a different direction, like Rasheed Rice, um, the Boutte. Boutte, we, were, we left off, our, off the board altogether. Because we have no idea what's going on with him. Well, I say altogether. Like, we had him down low. Like, if he got to, like, the eighth round and nobody grabbed him, we may have taken that flyer. Yeah. But – we we kind of weighed up like you know he may not even play this year it's yeah. possible he doesn't play he might play but i think he's nfl bound anyway so i think we can go in a different direction one last thing i'll mention here is what happened with the last two tight ends so mm. meyer goes off early fourth round i got <laughs> to my fourth round pick i wanted michael trigg but I thought he could come back to me in the fifth round because I had I was there on the turn. I had the fourteenth uh, pick. You made the mistake. And I said, <laughs> you know what? I'll pick up Franklin here, and then Trey will come back to me in the fifth, and I'll pick him up there. And he went off the very next pick in the fourth well, round. You listen to us, our pod. You're going to hear me say, "Oh, Jared's taking Trig here," because I, I asked Chris, like, I think if he comes back to us, we take Trig. He's like, nah, I think we can wait a while on Trig. I was like, I don't know. I think Jared really likes Trig. I think he's. Oh, I love Trig. I, I, I kick that. That was one of the few that that truly was one of the few times in this draft that mm. I just absolutely kicked myself because then in the fifth round, I could have that's, taken Coons to just get the last guy, and that's my that was my strategy. I was mm. my spoken strategy, but I decided, nah, I'll go Shuck, and just mm. try to nail the Texas Tech or quarterback room down. And then Coons goes off the very next pick after that. And so I, right. I, I definitely kicked myself. I got Joshua Simon in the 14th round. I like Simon quite a bit, mm-hmm. but I definitely would feel a lot better about myself if I had Trigger Coons. So we loved um, Jackson Dart, but not in the fourth round. Mm-hmm. Like we, when he went in the fourth round, we were just kind of like, well, we weren't ever going to get him at that. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we had him at like seventh, eighth round. If he was going to yeah, be I there, agree. we were going to grab him. But um, – it's just tough. I, I, 16 I, teams, it's tough because you don't know, like we talked about already, you don't know where these people are going to prioritize like players, like what they prioritize yeah. in a player. In Dynasty, if there's anything I have learned is, again, because we don't have mocks, because we don't have a ton of content out there for people to truly gauge where players are, or let alone go, let alone are supposed to go. Mm-hmm. just go get your dudes in a CFF dynasty or go in my case, go get your rooms, go lock down certain position rooms that you really, really like. Cause I, again, not only did I do the Texas tech quarterback room here, I also locked down the Oregon state running back room. I got both Damian Martinez and Deshaun Fenwick so that even if uh, I know Martinez is probably the future, that's why I grabbed him first, but Fenwick, I grabbed two rounds later. So even if he doesn't let go of the job this year, I got a guy there. I locked down the Colorado State wide receiver room between Torrey Horton and Melquan Stovall. I felt very good about that. I got Well, two. Horton was on our board the next pick. That was who our next pick was going to be. So you got, did good there. I did good there. And then I, I have two Ohio State wide receivers. So I'm just grabbing mm-hmm. guys out of some of these position rooms. Again, 
lock in on those guys and just go get them because and and don't try to play any kind of ADP game in CFF mm. Dynasty because again you don't yeah. know at all where people are going to go off of. So if you are sitting there thinking like I can wait, no, you can't. Just draft them. Yeah. Just draft them. Yeah. Um, let's go through round five and six here, and we're going to probably go through probably round through round eight. I don't think we need to go through too much further than that yeah. in terms of who really comes off the board. Because, again, after round eight, it really does feel like it's just a crapshoot of just, like, yeah. you don't know where You're taking guys out. you just really like, and or you're taking, like, dart throws to where you're saying, All right, I think this guy might be good. Yeah. I'll take the chance. We'll talk We'll talk about our teams uh, in terms of the mm-hmm. later rounds. But in terms yeah. of round five and six, Corey Kiner, Dan, uh, Dominic Richardson, Tyler Shuck, Zach Kuntz, Keaton Mitchell, Byron Cardwell, Braden Bennett, Jaden Bray, Garrett Schrader, Tank Bigsby, Stephon Cobbs, Brian Cobbs, Zachary Evans, uh, Xavier Valade, Jairo Brock, Tyree Chambers, Javon Ducker, Tanner Mordecai, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, John Rice Plumley, Frank Harris, uh, Ben Yurosek, Chris Smith, Jaden Reed, Raheem Sanders, Kendra Miller, Mario Williams, Kanata Mumfield, and or Tavion Robinson, Baron Morton, Daquan Finn and Travis Dye. That's your round five, round six. So, Zach, who in this in this range stands out to you? Um, well, I'll I'll me talk about our pick real quick. So we took Jaden Bray, um, the wide receiver at Oklahoma State, and this was our first pick where we really just went like young. Yeah. Um, it wasn't necessarily like a proven asset. We said, all right, we're going to take a guy that we think will be um, a great player for us. Um, as far as other players, I thought Xavier Valade was kind of, I don't want to say it was questionable. I, I think I would. He has like one year of eligibility left and he probably won't even win that job this year. That's kind of where we were thinking, but you know, I've seen crazier things happen. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, let me think. Mordecai, we were wondering when Mordecai and or Stone was going to come off the board. Um, cause I was, I, we were kind of lining up Stone. Uh, at some point, but then he ended up going, I think, not long after this. I'm trying to see if I can find him real quick. He I didn't... don't think it was long. I think it maybe two rounds, maybe. Um, but I'm really upset because I wanted Daquan Finn. That mm-hmm. was like, that was one of my, like, when I agreed to do this with Chris and Andrew, I said, this is my must have guy. I only have one. I only have one, and it's Daquan Finn. And we didn't get him. So now I have to basically kick Sal out of the league. To take this <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. But honestly, like I really wanted to quant Finn because you got the years of eligibility. I don't know that he's going pro. It's kind of like Schmee, the same. No, Mac thing. guys, and that's kind of part yeah. of the reason why I was comfortable taking Lou Nichols as high as I did. Mac guys stick around for the mm-hmm. most part. Like mm-hmm. Usually they don't go pro unless they're truly just out, either out of school or just out of right. eligibility. Right. And so, or if they do want to go pro, they might transfer to like a power five school or something like that. Get them right. a little bit better situation. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's a bad idea to invest in young Mac guys because those are the kind of guys where you can hold on to them for years. Yeah. I think Chris was like, we'll take him in the next round. We got him in the next round. round seven. We'll take him. And then of course he goes right there into round six and I'm yeah. just devastated. But other than that though, I think all the picks are pretty reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the two tight ends, I'm surprised. 
you know, you had Kuntz and uh, Eurosec both come off. Those are the only two tight ends. I, I'm not surprised once again, once again, once I remember that two tight ends was the deal here, I was not surprised to start seeing more tight ends come off the board because then you could end up like, because otherwise you would end up like me where I'm at, where again, <laughs> I have Joshua Simon and I still haven't drafted my second tight end. Right. So, but there's, there's still some tight ends on the board that are oh, out yeah, there. There's, there's some, but again, it's not, yeah. I don't love it. No, uh, <laughs> the two tight ends makes it a little different. Yeah, for sure. Um, guys that stuck out to me, Brian Cobbs in the fifth round. Again, I mm. love Brian Cobbs, y'all. He's my pick for the Utah State wide receiver room, but it is not set in stone that he will be the guy. So right. please stop drafting him as if he is. Um, <laughs> a second, or, or another quarterback here I'm kind of looking at here that kind of sticks out to me, I think is kind of a sneaky play of like getting two years out of him of good production. Frank Harris, quarterback mm. at a UTSA. Again, he's another guy I don't think is really set to go pro anytime soon. He seems like a program guy for UTSA. He's going to want to stick around. He's got good weapons around him. He's got good um, pieces to work with. So, again, another guy here, probably a top 24 quarterback for you for at least the next two years. Pick him up here in the sixth round. You're feeling pretty good about that, I think. Yeah, I think it's a good pick, too. Uh, anybody else here? Mario Williams is a pretty good pick at uh, 6'11", I would say, because, again, you're going to get two mm-hmm. years out of him, even if he's not the guy this year. Uh, Addison's probably gone next year. Yeah. Bryant's probably gone next year. He's got that repertoire with Caleb. So yeah. I kind of like that one quite a bit. We, then, we talked about him too. Oh, yeah. Mario is a very, very good pick there, I would mm-hmm. say. I just accidentally whipped the... So Preston Stone did go round seven. Preston's, yeah, we'll get into round seven here. So Tyrone Tracy, Mac Hippenhammer, Tori Horton, Zay Flowers, Harrison Whaley, Javante Barnes, Devin Leary, Isaiah Bowser, Chris Rodriguez... Jalen Robinson, Preston Stone, Mitchell Tinsley, Muhammad Ibrahim, Smoke Harris, Eric Gilbert, Grayson McCall, Grant Nussmeyer, or Garrett Nussmeyer, excuse me, uh, KJ Jefferson, Christopher Brooks, Tay McWilliams, Carson Steele, Ali Jennings, Jake Heiner, Corey Brooks, Chase Brown, Seth Hennigan, Sean Tyler, Jaron Hall, George Holani, Aiden O'Connell, Lorenzo Siles, and then Devin Brown. Those are your round seven and eight picks for this draft. So we'll talk about Preston Stone first because it sounds like you really want to touch on that there, Zach. Well, we, like I said, I, I, we were curious of where Mordecai and Stone were going were gonna to go, and they went round six and seven. Um, it, he was kind of on the board for us, but we were in a position we had to get running back because we had kind of passed on running back at, to yeah. this point. So we couldn't take Stone, and we went with Bowser, but I think stone was a good pick in this round for sure. Oh no. If, um, even if he doesn't do anything this year, I mentioned earlier again, I'm all about stack. I'm all about handcuffing. And Mm -hmm. I think that is what, um, I think that is what, who is this? Chris Connolly was trying to do in the seventh round. He, like, I bet he wanted stone to come back to him in the seventh round. Probably Didn't Mm -hmm. quite make it there. I I had that happen to me as well with one of my handcuffs that I tried to do. Um, Didn't quite make it back to him. So I'm not going to knock on Chris too much there because I think that's what he's going to try to do. And I think that would have been an excellent back-to-back pick right there. The only thing I would say is he probably should have done it in the five, six turn so that he only had two picks in between rather than trying to rely on the 30-something picks in between. (laughs) That's just insane. When you are, like, you guys are in the middle because you're at the eight pick. I was at the three pick. It is an eternity 
waiting for your pick. It is when you're over when, when after you're done with your two picks. Yeah, yeah, that's um, tough. Other so guys, a lot, these, he, a lot of these picks were kind of, you know, the guys that should be going in this, you know, hundred overall and 125 overall. Like those are the guys you're going to see uh, more sure things. Um, a few, you know, a few freshmen here and there. I'm, I'm going to throw, much. I'm going to throw two names out there that I think were that kind of made me raise my eyebrow. One of them was Smoke mm-hmm. Harris. Okay. I don't think, again, I think he'll be a fine. CFF wide receiver for you this year, probably a guy Mm -hmm. that averages you 12, 13 points a game. But in terms of upside, I don't see a round seven grade for him. So that one kind of made me raise my eyebrow just a little bit. The other one is Javante Barnes running back out of Oklahoma. Yeah. I like Javante Barnes. Don't get me wrong, Mm y'all. But we know that Levy runs a committee approach in that offense, regardless of how talented one running back may be over another. And so I liked grabbing Javante Barnes later where some of these other, um, other freshmen started coming off the board, like Petaway came off in the 13th round. I probably would have taken Petaway even there. Um, but even so like round 14, 15 range, I think that would have been a good spot for Barnes because again, like, he could be the lead back for Oklahoma, but they split yep. carries up so much there in the Levy offense. I don't think even grabbing him this early in the seventh round was warranted. And I'll go ahead and tout two of my picks that I made in the 10th and 11th round. I picked these guys back to back to Cartavius Norton and Damian Martinez, two other freshman backs. And those are guys I think can get a workhorse load possibly by the end of this season, if not the beginning of next season. The problem with Barnes is even if he's the lead back for Oklahoma, I don't think he ever gets a workhorse load for Oklahoma. And so mm-hmm. I think there's a little bit of a reach there in the seventh round. Yeah. See, in the eighth round, we ended up taking Chase Brown. We did, Like I said, we had a run on running that, backs. That was, a, that was a good pick, by the way. I was thinking about grabbing him on the... So we actually had lined up. He wasn't our first choice there. We wanted uh, Carson Steele. That's who our first... Um, choice was going to be and he went like what three picks four picks before that yes and tay mcwilliams he was another one we had lined up there too so i i think i don't remember exactly how it went but i remember throwing it out there i was like chris chase brown's still there what do you think he's like oh yeah that's a good pick let's take him let's take him chase, so, chase brown field is like one of those like unsexy picks like you right. don't you don't love taking him but like he's gonna get you probably at least 20 he's points go- a game he's gonna produce in that in Bielema's offense he's going to get the ball oh yeah so um even if there's a second guy he's going to get plenty of carries mm-hmm. in that offense so we like that um one i'll say that i i was kind of scratching my head at, like barnes was one that we had we we're lining him up, but not anywhere near this. Um, was Jacory Brooks? I was surprised Brooks went where he did. Uh, let's see, where did he go? He went. It went eighth round, eight seven or eight eight. I'm sorry, eight eight. Okay, and right right before we took Brown, and because I was kind of throwing out there, like, what do you guys think about Tyler Harrell? Yeah. And and you know, and then when Brooks went, I'm thinking. Okay, I guess you got the eligibility and whatnot. Like you yeah. have the, the the longevity that he's there, but I, it's not guaranteed that Harold leaves, right? I mean, I think he probably does. Yeah, Harold's a young guy too, if I remember correctly yeah. as well. Well, I think he's got. I think he's been in college for like four years, but only okay, like two, so of, them, two, two of them years. count. I say, two, I think two more years of eligibility. So probably he could stay there, 
And yeah. then you're talking about Brooks still being in like a, maybe a potentially a wide receiver too, but we, we won't get into that other conversation. You know, we, uh, you're, you're smiling because you know that I'm the Jojo Earl propaganda outlet over here. Yes. I, I'm on the side against uh, Andrew about how he thinks that Brooks will outproduce a Jojo what's Earl this funny, year. What's funny about that real quick is I knew nothing about it. And then like all of a sudden, like we have like our group chat that we have and they said, Hey, um, so you guys like Brooks, right? <laughs> I said, yeah, sure. Why not? And they said, well, we're betting that Brooks has a better season. I'm just like, okay, whatever. We'll go with it. Like, I'm just, I'm going to have my guys back regardless. So, you know, but it hasn't really shaken out the way we would like for really both of us. But uh, I was scared a little bit when Addison uh, first entered the portal and people were talking about him maybe going to Bama because I was like, okay, if he goes to Bama, he's taking that starting job yeah. over Earl in the slot, and that would make me cry. Well, but, it, we were the ones pushing it, remember, back yes. three months ago. We said, before he even went in the portal, we said that, or I think Andrew was like, you know, he's going to go in the portal and probably go to Alabama. And then, like, a month later, he enters the portal, and we're thinking, oh, my God, here we go. And Bama was one of the three finalists. It was yeah, really down between USC and Texas. Yeah. But even USC still. paid a little bit more. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was 100% a bidding war between the two. Um, so another thing that I guess I'll touch on here is again, I, I, I took, I took Aiden O'Connell in the eighth round. And I remember that Chris and Andrew were talking about in their like pre draft pod, which got released this morning. Y'all should go check that out. It's a fun listen. Um, they were talking about how they wanted to know how far he would fall because he's only got one year of eligibility. There's no Mm -hmm. way they're going to find another year of eligibility for this guy. I... (laughs) Really liked picking it up here because, again, first of all, this is a six-point passing touchdown league, correct? Yeah. So I don't have to worry about, like, dual threat versus um, dual threat versus passing touchdowns there. And even still, between him and Shuck, that's my two starting quarterbacks probably for most of the year right there. And then I would later go on to add Kyle McCord and Casey Thompson. Casey Thompson's another starter that I can kind of plug in week in and week out. Mm-hmm. And then once Aiden O'Connell leaves this next year... I got Kyle McCord sitting right there, who I'm at least betting on for right now to be that next guy to Ohio State. So when it comes to guys that you know only have one year left, like know only have one year left, definitely mm-hmm. try to find contingency plans for them later on in your draft is the only thing I would kind of say keep in mind that way. Because again, it's very possible to go just old guys, like older players, and then realize that you have no backfill for them later on. Right. So when you come into the next season and all your guys leave, you're having to do a supplemental draft and reload. Oh, yeah. Instead, instead of filling holes, you're like reloading your whole team. Oh, yeah. And you could do that. There's people that do it. Oh, yeah. Um, but and that's part of the whole game of strat of. Um, you're also probably punt- let's be real for most of it. You're probably punting that year then if you're drafting mostly freshmen, because. Right. Now, if, again, do not. I, I'm also going to say this. In, in terms of just dynasty strategy. Do not draft a freshman unless you see a reasonable path to them having playing time by year two. That's do do yeah. not do not look at a freshman and say, oh, maybe by year three he'll be in. No. If you're thinking that, you're yeah. in you're setting yourself up for failure. You want mm-hmm. guys that like you're or you're throwing a pig away most likely. Because again a lot of these teams, if they're not on the field by year three, 
they're probably not getting on the field in any meaningful way going forward. Yeah. You want guys that come in, make a mark early on, and then solidify their mark by year two. That's why I like yeah. guys like Cartavius Norton and Damian Martinez, because I think they're going to come in and have a role this year, and then when the guys ahead of them either move on or they overtake them next year. Right. So I have a question for you, actually. Yes. Um, we ended up taking Chris Thornton in the 10th round. Yes. Um, we, we needed wide receiver and we were kind of talking about it. And he's like, what do you think? I said, well, I think it's a good idea. Like, so he's going to go soon. I, I think the production's going to be there. Why not? Here, here's what I'm going to tell you. Between your first five wide receivers, you have five startable guys, in my opinion. That's why we... That's exactly what we wanted. And that is, in a 16-team league like this, that is very valuable. And you start four. And you start four. Like, again, you, you yeah. have five starter, startable guys here, and you have um, and you can only start four, but even still, having that extra guy gives you so much more yeah. flexibility than, say, like, look at my team, where I have Marvin Harrison, Sakari Franklin, Torrey Horton, and Trey Palmer as my top four guys. But my next guys that I took are Melquan Stovall and Jaden Ballard. Melquan yeah. Stovall could also be a startable wide receiver, but I don't know that. I don't know if he's yeah. going to be that number two guy or number one guy at Colorado State. And then Jaden Ballard, he's a guy that I took where I said, all right, once um, once Julian Fleming leaves um, and that X position gets open, Ballard's likely the next mm -hmm. guy up there, at least what reports on Springer's. So I'm going to have to wait a year on him. For yeah. That. Yeah. Um. I'll just I kind of speak to our team. I know we are going to cover every round, but like our team, we took our first real, I won't call it a reach, but our first real like speculative I'm gonna, I'll, I'll future go ahead, play. I'm going to go ahead and say that we're going to move on to discussing like just our, like our teams yeah. and our strategy from this point forward. Because again, we've gone through eight rounds here. Um, yeah. Kind of gives you an idea of what to expect for those first little bits. Um, mm. Are we going to, do you want to post this full draft anywhere? Like at some I point? will, I will probably post it. Um, when we're finished, I mean, it might be a couple weeks before. I would say post as, I, I think if you could post the first 20 rounds for people, I think that would help out a lot of people who are. Yeah. I'll, I'll get with Chris. He's my social media coordinator. So Sounds good. I gave him access to the Twitter account and I've, he's been doing great. So I just let him keep going. Dude, I freaking love the BTR Twitter account because it's kind of like talking to somebody with DDI where it's like you don't know who you're going who to be talk talking to. You don't it's know if funny. you're talking to Andrew, you're talking to Chris, or you're talking to Zach. It's funny because like I'll read it and there's times we've responded to the same. I don't know. It may have been you. We both replied to something you said to us. And like in our group chat, he's like, way to go, Zach. We both just replied to Jared. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. But so that now I, I kind of wait and see like, all right, did, did Chris say anything? And if he didn't, then I'll just jump in. But yeah. Um, for the most part, like I would say 80% of the things that are posted now are Chris. Andrew doesn't even, he doesn't do the, the Twitter thing, but he has his own account. But anyway, but um, back to our teams. Yes. So let's go through your team first, I say. Okay. Um, my, we start with Worthy, we went Bowers, went Dell. Then we took our first quarterback in Schley, went Bray, Raheem Sanders, uh, Isaiah Bowser, Chase Brown. That was our running back run because we didn't take any in the first five rounds. Yeah. And all the big heavy hitters had already gone off the board. So that's why we went the wide receiver tight end route. Um, and then we went Puka. 
and then Chris Thornton, back-to-back wide receivers. And then like I was about to say, our speculative first speculative play was Jaden Blue at Texas. Yes. Um, we, we think Bijan's gone after this year. We think this is the guy that we think yes. that we're expecting to take over that um, role. Um, then we went Prater. Prater was an interesting one for us. We both kind of – he kind of just popped up and said, you know what, Prater's a – you know what, he, he's in a good offense. He's got a good team. He's coming in. Like, why not? He's going to have, I think, four years of eligibility technically. Yeah. So why not? Um, but we and we were light at quarterback, so why not? So then we went back to back with Drake May, um, Gavin Bartholomew in the 14th round for our second tight end. Um, I know you said something in the – uh, actual chat of the draft that you were, I don't know if you were lining him up or not. What do you think about Bartholomew? Oh yeah. He was one of the time. Again, I was late into the, I was late into the draft. Yeah. I wanted Payne Durham and I went, so again, at 13, three, I took Deshaun Fenwick and I'm like, all right, I have to take a tight end when they come back. And then Payne Durham goes off the board. Kincaid comes off the board um bartholomew comes off the board jaheem bell comes off the board those are all <laughs> tight ends that i was looking at coming back to me and so at that point i just had to take a guy i took joshua simon who has several years of eligibility left but even mm-hmm. so like i that was another one where i was just kicking myself and i was just like it was a there was a lot of brutal brutal turns for me on some of these where i'm just like oh there hasn't been a tight end taken in like or a couple of rounds here maybe i can maybe i'll be fine here you're nope. gonna you're going to love the pod that we did then. Like most people probably be like, Oh my God, this is really grueling to listen to. But like, since you were in this draft, you'll, you'll probably get a kick out of it because like all these conversations that you're having internally with yourself, yeah, we were having amongst the three of us basically. Oh no. Well, I, I meant to mention this earlier. Like you talking about how you shared a team with Z- uh, your sharing a team with Chris and Andrew. I shared the Kings classic t- uh, team with Xavier last year. Uh-huh. And you you weren't there in Canton, but all the other guys in the room were laughing at me and Xavier because we didn't want to talk out loud, and so for <laughs> people to hear us, so we I went and found like a like a full like stack of paper, and Xavier and I were just like furiously scribbling back and forth like our thoughts and notes down. I wish I I, I have them around here somewhere. I might post them at one point. <laughs> it, it but like I That's again. Funny. When you're sharing a team and you're having to constantly bicker back and forth on what you're exactly going to do, it's a totally different experience. I actually do recommend yeah. it to some people. It's definitely different, um, especially in a dynasty. Like, there's so many different directions you can go. Mm-hmm. Not there's, I mean, there's plenty of right directions you can go. Like, there's not really a wrong direction. Um, it just depends on what you value more. No, um, some people, some people are quarterback guys. Some people are running back guys. Some people love the wide receivers. Like, it just really what you feel comfortable in doing. But I will admit the Bartholomew pick was Andrew. All hundred percent Andrew. That was a it, that's a great pick because Bartholomew is a, again a young guy. He's got like four years of eligibility left. Yeah. And we actually had talked about him like as early as like round nine or ten. I remember like Andrew says take Bartholomew and we're like, no, we don't need tight end right now. We've already got Bowers. We can, we can wait on tight end. Well, we got to round 14 and it's like, you know what? Some of these tight ends are kind of going, let's go ahead and grab him. 
and it worked out for us. Say, you, you made me mad on that one because I, I, <laughs> I wanted Bartholomew to follow me there at 14. I thought we were getting close enough. Um, yeah. Anyway, so you talked about May, talked about Bartholomew. Yeah. Talk about um, these uh, last six picks you made for uh, yourself. All right, so we took Nate Noel, running back at App State, um, around 15. Um, now, the Colby McDonald pick was – I'll say I had nothing to do with Colby McDonald. Don't hate it. You're, you're Chris, washing your hands of this one. <laughs> well, no, I'm not trying to do that. Like Chris was very adamant. He's like, let's take him. He's a freshman. He's going to be, he may not be year one, but year two, we love him. I'm like, okay, that's fine. I'm cool with it. I'm not going to yeah. sit here and like argue over it. We only got a minute and a half. I think I upped it to 90 seconds at that point. Yeah. Um. So I was like, look, I don't really love anybody right here. I'm cool with it. Um. Then we came back around around 17. Garwo was still available. Gar was a good um, volume pick here. Yeah, two. Uh, you got to think about this. It's sixteen teams, so you're at, in the what seventeenth round. You're at two sixty four. Pick two sixty four, yeah. and Garwa was there. I'm thinking, you know what? That's a pretty good pick. Um, then we came back with Chris's guy, Jake Bobo, and we needed another wide receiver. Why not? Yeah. He's going to probably get the volume to justify it. Um, went with Peyton Thorne in round 19. Then we took the kind of the gamble on Antoine Wells in round 20 with South Carolina, the transfer from James Madison. Yeah. And we were kind of split between him and Rucker. We didn't know which direction we were. So we went with Wells. We'll see if that pays off. I don't know. Again, um, it's a gamble on multiple levels. And again, I'm not going to yeah. say it's a bad gamble, but like, again, we don't know what that South Carolina offense is going right. to look like this year. We don't even know what the volume is going to be there for a wide receiver to be productive. We know the talent's there. Like, Rattler is mm-hmm. throwing them the ball. Antoine yeah. Wells was an absolute beast in FCS last year. So I have to yeah. imagine they're still going to want to use him. Yeah. But like, I don't think still. he goes there to sit. No, he doesn't. Go, he's not going there. He, no, he'll be a starter this year for yeah. sure. But he's also going to be a guy that we don't we don't know if how much they're going to spread the ball around. Is it an mm-hmm. offense where they do focus in on one guy? In which case, which guy is it? Because again, you have Antoine Wells, uh, Corey Rucker coming in from Arkansas State is another good option. Mm-hmm. Josh Van, I think, is a pretty underrated veteran that they have there. He could be the the go to guy. We don't know. But again, twentieth round. If you want to take that gamble, go ahead, man. Like. Yeah. Nope, nobody's stopping you on that one. That's pick three thirteen, by the way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in the twentieth round, um, and then you'll you might have some insight on our twenty first round pick. I personally didn't. Chris and Andrew said, "Go do it, take him." Branson Robinson. Yeah, Georgia no. I, if if you have a guy like um, if you have a guy like Javante Barnes going off in the seventh round, uh, Branson Robinson's great down here. Uh, again, he'll be sitting a year. You're gonna he's gonna be on your taxi squad yeah. or. Just sitting on your bench Our right bench. here. Yeah. Uh, I'm not quite as like again. I like him better in like a C to C format where I he's gonna be an NFL back one day. But I don't know what Georgia's doing going forward in terms of how they're splitting the carries. Yeah. Again, I think they're gonna try to move back to like a uh, one two punch rather than the one A one B that they've been kind of doing. But again, when you have that yeah. much talent in the room, it's hard Gotta not to give there. all. It's hard not to give all those guys carries, so mm-hmm. we'll see. Um, but again, a 20, 21st round, yeah, why not? Yeah. I will say, back up to our 19th round, we took Peyton Thorne. I really wanted Donovan Green, and he went two picks before we took Dang. Peyton Thorne. That was my, one Donovan of my Green's a good 19th guys. round pick here. He was one of my guys. Um, I wouldn't say he was a, a must-have, but he was one of my guys. And I'm, then, I'm now seeing ahead. this, but Taylor Morin – 
going almost a full round before Donovan Green is a little surprising to me. Yeah. Like, I know yeah. Green's been injured, but, like, Green's going to be one of the outside receivers there. I would, yeah, I think and so. And after, after Perry goes, he's probably the next guy up as long as he can stay healthy. Yeah. yeah. And so, lastly, my, the, the pick I took today, my most recent pick, the 22nd round pick, I took Lavelle Davis, another one of my picks. Uh, I, I'm, I'm telling you which ones that I had input on. And I, Lavelle Davis was one I, I said, I don't care, Chris. We took Branson Robinson last round. We're taking Davis this round. If he's there, we're taking him. And we, we got him. Because I think – I think people kind of forget about him. Yeah. I, well, I have him injured on, all of last year. Right. I have him on our other dynasty league and I got him as a freshman the year before in 2020 and he was fantastic. And then he missed all of last year. So I've just kind of stashed him away. So I'm hoping he kind of comes back. He's had a year off to get back in, you know, strengthened and ready to go. Yeah, uh, I I I've, I've been made it very clear on this pod that I'm kind of off the whole Virginia offense. I don't mm. it, it's like a lot of the guys are getting taken way too high, but out of all the guys, I think Lavelle Davis, you're right. People are just forgetting about him. And while everybody else is drafting Dontavian Wicks in the 5th, 6th round, I'll, mm. if I'm going to take a shot on a guy in the Virginia offense, I'll take a shot on Lavelle Davis. Look, he was as a true freshman. Round. As a true freshman, he had 20 catches. Not, nothing special, but he had 500 yards and five TDs as a true freshman. He's six seven, yeah, two two twenty. Like they he's love a those big, big target, big target. Like I feel like anytime you're in the red zone, you have a chance at a touchdown. Yeah, with him. I mean, just look at Jelani Woods last year. You yeah. love Jelani Woods last year. Mm-hmm. Dude's like massive. What are the odds they move him to tight end? <laughs> like he beats they, up a little they, bit. If they do, he'll probably enter some of my top tight ends. I'm not gonna lie. Like if if he beefs up a little bit, he's six seven. Maybe he puts on another 15, 20 pounds. Gets to like two thirty five, two forty. Mm-hmm. He could be a monster tight end. <laughs> no, I, I I definitely agree with you. And like Virginia gets away with all the, these weird um, these weird uh, position designations anyway. So like why not? Yeah. Get, like just give him tight end as well. <laughs> That'd be great because I'll be throwing him there every week. All righty. We'll talk about my team. Your and team. That'll, yep. that'll pretty much finish up the pod for today and everything. Yep. Um, again, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you who I picked, but I'm going to try to talk about this more in terms of like just the actual strategy behind it so you can apply mm-hmm. it to your own teams as well. Uh, again, Lou Nichols, I, again, I mentioned earlier, I took him just for the sheer volume he's going to get this year. He may go to the NFL after this year, but if he comes back, it's just ice cream on top of the Sunday. You have or a cherry on top of the Sunday, excuse me. Marvin Harrison Jr. mentioned earlier. I was surprised he was there in the second round, um, but grabbed him two years with an Ohio State wide receiver. Nicholas Singleton, if he hits this year, that's at least three years of production I get out of him. Yeah, so that's awesome. A bonus. That's a bonus if he hits this year. Um, Zachary Franklin, I think, is one of those guys where he's probably not going to go to the NFL or he's not itching to go to the NFL. Yeah. And again, these UTSA guys, they just seem like they're loyal to the program. So I'll probably get one or two years out of him there. Uh, I told you guys earlier, I grabbed the handcuff of Tyler Shuck and Baron Morton in the fifth and sixth round, just locking down the Kitley offense for the years to come. So before you go on anymore, so you don't like Donovan Smith then? No, I, I don't think he fits the system. Um, Nate, I, I showed Nate my team, Nate Marquis, my team earlier, and he mm-hmm. said, like, what if there is the doomsday scenario of Donovan Smith, like, starting? And I said, well, he's still available and we're the 20-something round. So, so I pitched it. I pitched it to our guys. I said, what do you think about Donovan Smith? And they're like, 
yeah, he's cool, but we have other targets. So it wasn't yeah. something we're really prioritizing. Now, Again, it doesn't seem we won't, but. I'm not saying, and I'm not saying I won't, but yeah. it, like if I'm getting into like the 30th round of this draft yeah. and I'm like starting to just really feel like I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel with some of these guys. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably go for Donovan Smith. Um, right. Other guys, Torrey Horton, describe another wide receiver there. Colorado State, good system. Even if he's not here after this year, just you want starters regardless. Don't try to go yeah. too young and wait on guys. Aiden O'Connell, same thing. Just grabbing a starter at quarterback. I'm going to like him. Marquez Cooper, I think a lot of people... Love him. Love I think him. people underestimate how young he is. And it, mm. once again, kind of like with Colin Schley earlier, Kansas State offense, none of them are going to the NFL or none of them are really itching to go to the NFL. So I'm probably going to get a multi-year starter there with Marquez Cooper. Mm. And then a lot of people started taking freshmen around the 10th, 11th round. And so... I took that as my cue to just take two of my favorite freshmen that I think have legitimate shots to be starters by the end of the year. Like I've, I've said many times, I think Jairo Brock is going to be the starter throughout the year, but I'm not going to dismiss the possibility that Cartavius Norton could overtake him by year's end. So yeah. once again, same thing as, as Nicholas Singleton. If he starts by the end of this year, that's a bonus. And you but know the expect- volume's there for him to, oh, yeah. to play it's, well. Yeah. Again, it's a system. Iowa State is an incredible system. They've shown that they can produce CFF running backs over and over again. So I'm going to grab the guy that coaches are already gushing about as a true freshman. Yeah. Uh, Damian Martinez, pretty much the same thing. He's already the number two back on the depth chart from every report that I've read. And so pretty much as soon as Fenwick's out of there, and the, these, or, these organizations, unlike everybody else, have a very bad habit of going to the NFL when they shouldn't. Yeah. Um, so if Fenwick leaves after this year, boom, two years of starting Damian Martinez, and I think he's one of the best backs they've had there in a long time. Uh, I got Trey Palmer. Again, I was in the need of just having another starting wide receiver. And I again, I like Trey Palmer quite a bit. I think he's going to take over the Addison role in the Whipple offense, and so I think there's a lot of good upside there. Uh, I locked down the Oregon State running back room with Deshaun Fenwick. Again, I'm telling you guys, locking down like position groups that you know work and trying to get those for years to come is one of my favorite strategies in CFF Dynasty. It works sometimes, sometimes it doesn't. Like I'll give an example of last year. Last year, I drafted Derek King and mm-hmm. I, then I drafted um, uh, Garcia, oh. the freshman quarterback, because I thought that was what the depth chart was. And then I completely whiffed on the fact that Tyler Van Dyke was gonna be the starter <laughs> after Derek King. I was very lucky about the fact that I could pick him up off the waiver wire, so I got very lucky you there. You lucked out, yeah. But that was st- those are two high picks that I wasted on just guys that Derek King didn't work out. Didn't work out at all. And then Garcia, he can still transfer. I still have him on the roster, but you never know. Yeah. Um, grab my Which, tight end. Bef- before you finish that, so something that we kind of we pitched to each other last night, like how much is somebody transferring play into a role into your picks, like? For example, like let's say somebody is second in the depth chart and they're like, you know what? It's possible even if he doesn't work out this year, he transfers somewhere next year. I think we're way too early in the transfer portal era to truly gauge who is transfer portal fodder and who's not. So I'll just give you the guy that that, that I used, DJU, because I think he's on a very short leash and I think they like Klubnik a lot. Klubnik, Klubnik, whatever you say his name. And I, if he struggles early on, I don't think they're going to have a problem pulling him. And if they pull him, how does he stay at Clemson? I mean, you're, I mean, you're right. But even still, if he's performing that poorly, is that really going to be a guy you want on your roster regardless, even if he goes and finds a new place? I, it depends. Depends on where he goes. 
Like if he goes to like a Georgia State and you're like, all right, well, he he's going to play against lesser competition. His numbers might look a lot better. Maybe, but when you're a former five-star quarterback, I mean, we <laughs> if you're going that low of competition, that's usually a kind of a sign, a red flag right there. Like look at Hunter Johnson transferring yeah. to Northwestern, former five-star at Clemson. And then back out, to Clemson. And then he goes to Northwestern and guess what? He's still bad. Yeah. He's still bad. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, that was kind of, we all talked about all that, but like, I'm just curious, like if it plays a role, like it doesn't, it doesn't really, in my opinion. Now, again, when you're drafting freshmen, sometimes you just go for talent because again, you're Mm -hmm. right. Like even Luther, Luther burden. Yeah. You have a guy that maybe the Mizzou offense doesn't provide him the opportunity to be a true CFF guy throughout his time Mm -hmm. there, but he's a prime candidate for a team like Alabama to maybe target in the transfer portal that next year if he really doesn't like what they're doing at Mizzou. So maybe yeah. that plays into it a little bit, but again, that's more talent-based if you're just drafting yeah. all the talent rather than trying to predict where these kids are going to go. Because I have no, we have no clue where they're going to no. go, even yeah. once they enter the portal, typically. Typically. Right. Okay, you can finish your team now. I'm sorry. No, it's all good. I love that. I love the questions. Um, round 15, I grabbed British Brooks, and I think this is a man that is criminally underrated. Um, I, I'm... Basing a lot of what we're, um, I'm hearing off of what um, Brandon Sanders has gotten me. Again, he's very close to the UNC program, has several mm-hmm. connections there. He has told me that British Brooks is the guy for this year for UNC. And I went back and looked, and Ty Chandler, not exactly like a phenomenal running back, and I don't think British Brooks is either. He still finishes the RB25 last year. And so if I can grab a guy that gives me like top 36 upside at running back in the 15th yeah. round of a dynasty draft, when I'm just kind of looking for guys that I could plug in as starters, yeah. I love the ability to get him here. Um, I wish I could have gotten pet away with him as well. Cause again, I like stacking up rooms like that, but mm-hmm. again, I thought it was good value. I went two wide receivers. I mentioned them earlier, Melquan Stovall, Ballard, um, two guys that if it plays out, like I think it will, there'll be good values. 18th round, again, I didn't plan on taking McCord, but again, by the time I got to the 18th round, I'm like, okay, if I have a guy who have a shot on winning the quarterback job at Ohio State after CJ Stroud leaves this year, yeah, yeah, I'll take that shot here. That's a good pick. And then I picked up, I was like, you know what? My QB room is a little thin at the moment in terms of like guys I could expect to start this year. So I just went ahead and picked up Casey Thompson at Nebraska, Whipple offense, same deal. And I could stack him with the Trey Palmer as well. So that could work out well for me. Um, and then finally, for my last pick of the night, I went uh, with the Clemson DST because in this league, you can get a defense, um, roster them for two years. And so I'm like, you know what? I didn't if you really, draft them. If, if you, you draft, draft them. Yes, you're right. If you draft them. And I didn't really know where I wanted to go with my next pick. And so I was like, you know what? I'll just go ahead and pick up my defense for the next two years because Clemson's still going to have a good defense. I know Venables yep. is at Oklahoma now. They're running the same system. They have inside yep. guys. They're going to be just fine on defense. Yeah. Um, I guess I could go over my 21st and 22nd pick, even though we didn't like do them that night. But like, I took Ty Edwards. He's my pick for the UTSA running back room. I know uh, Mike Bainbridge and them, they were uh, poo-pooing on Edwards the other day <laughs> in their CUSA pod. But I, I'm still a pretty big believer in Ty Edwards there. So, um, I mean, in the 21st round, it's not yeah. really a reach. No, not at all. Uh, at 323 picks into the draft now like at this point you can't really like knock somebody's pick no i i agree 100 <laughs> and um i believe it was um i in the 22nd round i decided to go back to the freshman well a little bit haven't really 
taken a guy from the freshman ranks in a while. So I took um, Isaiah Bond, the wide receiver out of Alabama, just going ahead and grabbing some shares of Alabama wide receivers because even if they don't start, they may transfer and yep. they are going to be probably studs somewhere else. That's my team. Again, I tried to talk as much like actual strategy in there rather than just yeah. the very specific stuff, but maybe I failed, maybe I didn't. I don't know. No, but even good. still. There's one thing I want to add that I wish Fantrax did, and I know we always talk about what they we wish from them. And they usually come through for, in fairness to them. They, oh, yeah. they, do, they do a pretty decent job of um, implementing um, our requests, concerns, and everything. But I wish it would tell you, like, in the draft room, like, which, like, let's say, like, the guys drafted, like, which number of that position he was in the draft, like QB7 or QB9 or, like – when they get drafted. Yeah, it would definitely help these analysis a little bit better. Cause like, so like if, I yeah, wanted... if you get in like fifth round, you're like, okay, he was the 12th running back taken. Like now you can kind of go to your list and say, okay, yeah, it's gone pretty heavy at running back. Maybe we can go like, I guess the stuff we do naturally, but I think yeah. it would be cool. I, I kind of agree with you. Cause again, like if I'm looking at Ty Edwards here, it's like, all right, how much of a value did I get? Well, I'm not going to yeah. go through 20 rounds and count every single running back right. that came off the right. board. Um, so I can know that he was the RB 50 something off the board. I, I mainly did it with quarterbacks last night. I said, okay, well, we got him and I'm counting like how many quarterbacks have gone. We can do it with quarterbacks because quarterbacks aren't as common as running backs right, and wide receivers. Right. But I think it would be cool if they had it just like, it would just naturally just count them as I, they, as they came. Across. I'm sure it does automatically. It's just, they need to display it. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what I'm talking about. Just have it to where we can see it. No, I get you. Cause they color code it. So. All righty. I think that's going to pretty much bring us to the yep. end of our show here, y'all. Really appreciate yep. you tuning in. Zach, you've been absolutely awesome tonight. Before we get out of here, again, just remind everybody um, where they can find you on social media, where they can find your pod, all your content, and stuff like that. So my personal Twitter account is at ZRTOW, T-O-W, underscore C-F-F. And then the uh, Burning the Red Shirt pod uh, has a Twitter account at, at BTR underscore pod. Um, and we have our YouTube channel, Burning the Red Shirt, um, and podcasts are Spotify, Apple, all that, you know, same stuff that Jared talks about. So um, that's where you can find us. Um, CFB Dynasty, I, I'm I'm working with Brian over there at CFB Dynasty a little bit. He's he's handling all the rankings and stuff, but um, I'm mainly kind of is this podcast guy. But um, I have some input here and there. But go check it out if you haven't. Um, got some pretty good stuff he's busy guy so he's a little behind on some things but he's getting there yeah again they got they got some good stuff over there at cfb dynasty and like i said y'all go check out burning the red shirt podcast um they discuss cff but they also do some betting stuff as well y'all are doing your series of uh going Mm. through the win totals of every team and deciding whether or not you would take the over or under on all those win totals yeah and we actually just did one today chris and i did a um uh, just a win total series on YouTube. It's it's only on YouTube. So we did five teams, actually six teams that we covered today. And um, so you can just go check it out and see what you think. Yeah, they did uh, the bottom feeders of college yeah. football. So they, they went with the worst of the worst. So it's a pretty fun yeah. listen because you get to watch them just crap on the worst teams. Great. <laughs> We're trying to find wins for these teams and we just couldn't. Exactly. <laughs> so, and even so... <sighs> I'll go ahead and give you all my spiel and everything. I really appreciate you guys tuning in. This is a pretty fun show. I, I hope it helped out some of y'all that are getting ready to gear up for some CFF Dynasty startups. I know there's not a ton of content out there for you guys, so we're hoping to help you guys out with this one. Um, and really, some of the times the best way to do that is just go through one of these drafts 
And like I said, we'll, I'm hoping we can get this published for you guys at one point so you can actually take a look at it, dive into it as much as you want. We could be sitting here for three hours covering all the different picks in this draft, who was taken where and everything. There's so many guys I wanted to talk about that we just didn't have time to. Um, but yep. like I said, really appreciate y'all tuning in. Um, in terms of stuff coming up here at, at Campus of Kent and everything, you can keep an eye out for articles, keep an eye out for more uh, mock drafts to continue to do those. Make sure you tune into the um, live mock drafts that we're going to be doing going forward. This week, we're doing it on Monday night because, again, uh, Sunday of this week was Juneteenth and Father's Day, so I figured people would be busy uh, with celebrations and hanging out with family and stuff like that. So we're doing it on Monday. But going forward, they're going to be on Sunday nights. It's going to be a live draft, 20 rounds, $5 best ball leagues. Um, if you just have nothing to do on a Sunday night and you just want to come in and get some um, experience absolutely reach out to me let me know hey in the future just send the link to me and i will get signed up or not and in addition the cff guide for campus of canton is coming out in early july again we should have a official release date for you guys here in the near future um, but if you are in the campus of canton discord in the um you have gotten an early look at it and let's just say the reviews on it have been very positive so far. We're very much looking forward to that. It'll be 20 bucks upon release. So really, really looking forward to that and that release. That pretty much covers it. So again, appreciate you guys yep. tuning in and yep. hope you all have a wonderful and blessed week. Have a good one. Later guys.